0: You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now, here's your host, David Smale. When karate makes its Olympic debut next month. Ariel Torres will be representing the United States in the Gojo Ryu classification. Native of Cuba, who resides in Hialeah, Florida, Torres has been participating in karate since he was six years old. A four-time member of the U.S. senior team and a two-time national champion. His list of accomplishments is lengthy. His timing is perfect, as karate will join judo and taekwondo in the competition this year. Ariel, welcome to Sports Connections.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited to get talking about this.
0: Yeah, I, I got to start with this. It's not was not one of the questions I sent to you ahead of time. What was your reaction to making the Olympic team? Was this a long-time goal, or did this just come up recently?
1: So it started in 2016. I was a high school senior And karate hadn't been in the Olympics yet. So this is the first time it's ever in the Olympics and probably the last since it was denied its entrance to the 2024 Olympics. So uh, when I was a senior in high school in 2016, it was announced that it would be going to the Olympics. And I was like, hey, I really want to make it to the Olympics. I really want to qualify. I'm going to do everything possible. I was 18 at the time. So very ignorant. I didn't know how difficult the whole process would be. I didn't know how much I would have to sacrifice in order to be here where I am today. But, you know, through, through the years, that the, the following three years that came after that, or four or five years that came after that, um, I started to develop as an athlete, as a human, in so many ways. And before I knew it, I'm a completely different person than I was, obviously, from high school. Uh, but I didn't think it would be that huge of a difference. And um, so once I qualified for the Olympics in that stage, I knew the second that I won that second round on in, um, in Paris that I would go to the Olympics. And it was just like, um, like 20 pounds off my body just went flying, gone. It's like, whoa, like I'm 23 and I already have a lot of gray hairs and people notice, hey, why do you have gray hairs? And I'm like, hey guys, listen, since I was 18 in high school, I've been stressing over trying to go to the Olympics. So if I have gray hairs, it's because I've been stressed. You know, I didn't have a social life. I've always just been focused on training, training uh how to make some money and come up with the funds in order to travel to go to all these events so as a kid i wasn't much of a kid as a teenager as a young adult i wasn't much of a young adult i was always focused to be a professional athlete and eventually i became a professional athlete and i was able to keep traveling uh funded thank thankfully you know thank god to the federation and everyone that was able to support me and so when i when i qualified for the, tr- the team it was a dream come true I thought about all the sacrifices my family made and my, my sincere Robert Young and everyone that contributed uh, to my uh, career It's just like, Hey, you know, we did it and I'm here.
0: That's really cool here. Excuse me here all the time about, about people achieving a dream. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. sound like yours was a lifelong dream, but it certainly uh, culminated with, uh, with something that was really special for you. I want to talk about various types of martial arts to Mm -hmm. the casual observer they all look the same taekwondo judo karate talk about the differences between karate your your sport and judo and taekwondo
1: so let's let's talk about something very similar very quickly so we have judo uh taekwondo karate do so they all end in do and do means the way a way a way of so Karate meaning empty hand, the way of empty hand. Taekwondo, I don't know what Taekwondo means, but I'm assuming it would mean something about the kicks because Taekwondo is generally focused on kicking. Judo is generally focused on throws, slams, you know, controlling your opponent, throwing them, taking them down. Taekwondo is mostly focused on kicks, and karate is focused on mostly empty hand techniques, which is a combination also of, of kicking, uh, throwing. So karate is more mixed up with everything in in general so martial arts would be like the big picture not only taekwondo not only judo not only karate but jujitsu and all these other things that exist aikido uh a lot of things you know a lot of martial arts even Mm -hmm. mma all these things are martial arts right and now after you find out what each martial art is like you have karate judo taekwondo like you were saying now each one will be separated like karate is separated into styles styles um Goju Ryu is a style of karate. Shito Ryu is a style of karate. Wado Ryu is a style of karate. And then between those styles, there are organizations for each style. And between those organizations, it branches up into more things, right? So it's a big bubble. But now for competition, uh, karate has two divisions, Kumite and Kata. Kumite is sparring and Kata is forms. I qualified to the Olympics for forms. Um, There are only 10 competitors in the world that qualify for forms. Uh, for kata forms and 10 male and 10 female. So it was very difficult because it's not only one athlete in the per country in the world, there was just 10 athletes in the world that get to qualify for the Olympics in kata. It was very limited, very restricted and the, the process was hard, yeah.
0: Okay, and I, I in doing some research for this interview, I noticed that mm-hmm. in some circles, boxing and wrestling are even considered a, to a certain extent, martial arts because I guess the definition is you're you're using you're not using a weapon you're not using anything extra other than your own body parts to try and overtake the opponent so is that is
1: that fair that 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 is correct but we also have aikido which is the use of or i'm sorry iaido iaido is how they use the sword and we have kobudo which is also used weapon notice that they're all ending in do iaido aikido Uh, kobudo and these actually have to do with weapons so it's not necessarily that they don't have weapons or not because a lot of the martial arts, some of them do have weapons, it's more like you're using your body to do something with it, you're doing an art with your body boxing at at the end of the day is an art because you're fighting the person, you need to learn how to throw a jab, you need to learn how to throw a punch properly and that this is now you need a form, you need a technique and these things that require techniques fall into the whole martial arts aspect yeah. you know that and you require respect to your to your your opponents respect discipline all these attributes that you actually you need in martial arts boxing will have discipline because without the discipline you're never going to be a good fighter right you know, without the respect of your coach you won't be able to be guided in the right direction so that's the whole aspect of martial arts i feel like it's the criteria the characters that you're taught with this with uh, with this discipline you know which are respect uh, discipline character all these things you're taught in the martial arts. And that's why I believe that they are all in common. Now, many people can answer this differently, but that's just what I've gathered, you know, from my years of doing martial arts.
0: Now, it, it sounds like what you're saying, uh, Ariel, is that it's as much mental as it is physical. And, and there's, a, you know, being from Cuba and now living in South Florida, baseball's a big part of that, of that culture. Mm-hmm. And there's a famous baseball philosopher, we'll call him Yogi Berra, that says 90% of the game is half mental which we all understand what he's trying to say there. But in the martial arts, it really is mental as much as much as physical because it's a it's a mindset, being ready for the counterattack, being ready, be, being disciplined. And it'd be so easy to just go in there with arms flailing and feet kicking and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Without the discipline, you're not going to get very far. Is that correct?
1: I, I agree 100% with you. I think that um, it's mindset, especially at this at this level that you're at like at the Olympic level right now, right? right. I believe we're all at the same level. I believe we all qualified for the Olympics. we're all here. We're all there. Now it's where because we've all put the work. We've been doing this for over 15 years. So we've all put the work. Now it's where is your mind at? Are you yeah. confident in your abilities? Have the past experience experiences guided you in the right direction? What have you done with the past experiences? What have you done with your losses? And what have you done with your wins? What have you overcome and what have you learned? Now you use all of these experiences and you build upon it and you put it in your character and you use this to further develop your martial arts. And this is what separates an incredible martial artist from a phenomenal one. You know, and that's what I think is the difference. It's that mentality that it's super important. And I believe that what you do with all these opportunities you're given and all these, you know, experiences is what makes you what, who you are.
0: Now you've been doing karate, uh, as I said, for 17 years, 17 of your 23 years. Uh, That's a long time. Does it bother you when people get them mixed up when they see you doing karate and they say, Oh, you're a judo guy, or you're doing taekwondo, or you're doing all these other, does it bother you? When they get excited,
1: actually, not really, not really. Um, usually people are, speak to my parents in front of me. They're like, oh wow, your your son does karate? Yeah, my son too. He's a world champion as well. And I'm like, wait, a world champion in karate? What do you mean? Like, I know the world champion, and your son is not the Japanese guy from Ryukyuna, age whatever. Yeah. Because it, definitely not. That's not your son. You you speak perfect English. And then like, <laughs> no, they they do taekwondo, and I'm like, ah. Okay, so let me tell you, Taekwondo is completely different from judo, just like softball and baseball are two different sports. Oh, I didn't know. Don't worry. Just don't tell people that your son's a world champion in karate because you won't look you won't it won't look good on you. Okay. Yeah. So it's different. It's different. So yeah. No, it doesn't bother me. I just try to enlighten people because it's not their fault. You know, people can get confused. So I just try to let them know, like, hey. It's not the same, you know, like this is and I compared it. Softball and baseball are two different things. Yeah. So there you have it. You and, can
0: And that's a and that's a great analogy because those of us who grew up in America playing baseball if we're boys or playing softball for girls. And and obviously sure. there's some crossover, we'll recognize mm-hmm. the difference between those two. And and maybe we're not as familiar with the difference between judo and taekwondo and karate. So mm-hmm. how did you pick karate? Because you were very young uh, when yeah. you picked that sport.
1: I believe it was just luck of the draw. Um, or the do- I had a doctor at a young age and they told my family, hey, Ariel, uh, to my mom, uh, Ariel needs a sport to s- spend his energy on because he's hyperactive. He needs to learn how to focus more than five minutes-, minutes on a certain task, not just like, hey, okay, we're done with this interview. I'm going to play with my pencils, you know, like that type of thing. And it was a big deal. And uh, thankfully, I have Because any sport, I believe, like soccer, maybe you can run around for a good hour and you're focused on the ball. You're focused on winning, you know. But thankfully, there was a karate school just 15 minutes away walking from my house. We went there and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the discipline. I'm a very organized person. I like to have everything perfect. If there's just one thing out of place, I have to fix it. If not, I can't focus. So having everyone lined up in a straight line, having everyone throwing punches together, doing pushups together, yelling uh, on the finishing blow of a punch just everyone in unison and I just wanted to stand out I wanted to be better than myself I wanted everyone to be like wow he's doing karate so good he he, he he's doing it at the same time as everyone but we notice him the most you know I wanted that attention I wanted people to be like whoa that kid just started and he's already improving so fast and I just fell in love with that process of just trying to stand out trying to be better than myself I loved improving I loved learning how to throw a punch and before I knew it I was walking around my house throwing kicks and punches at the grocery store. I was doing forms. I was walking around. I fell in love with it. My parents then started using it as a way to like a uh, blackmail me to get uh, better grades. They're like, if you don't get straight A's, buddy, we're taking you out of karate because it, you, at the time we couldn't afford karate. So it was very difficult. So they they would, they would have to be like, if you want to do karate, you got to get good grades. So I started getting straight A's immediately. It was It was easy because I'll be in karate for two to three hours. And in class, it was like 45 minutes a subject. And I was like, oh, this is easy. I sweat for three <laughs> hours. I'm almost, I'm dying for three hours. This is easy. Okay, 45 minutes, okay, of math, that's fine. Then it's gone. Now we have a new subject. It's not the same as throwing a punch for three hours. I prefer to, I prefer to throw, I prefer to do math and throw a punch the same punch for three hours. So eventually it became like, ah, oh, school is easy because it's not the same as me having to focus on just throwing one punch perfectly X amount of times until like my body hurts. No, it was just my brain. So I fell in love with that. And it was, it was a pure coincidence. And I, and then as a kid, I wanted to become world champion because I just wanted to be the best in the world, you know, and, and where every day that I I train every day that I get up, I feel like I'm just one step closer to making it happen because, you know, I I just keep improving. I keep growing. I keep doing my best. And I'm 23 right now and I'm qualified for the first ever and last so far Olympics for karate. So I feel like little by little, I can make my other dreams happen as well.
0: Who do you give credit to for your success? You talked about your parents and, and mm-hmm. some very, very clever motivation. Uh, I, I, my, my son was very hyperactive and we did different things to, to mm-hmm. motivate him. But besides
1: your parents and, and maybe including them, who do you credit your success to? So definitely my parents and my sister. Uh, I'll part, I'll tell you my sister and then I'll tell you someone else, but my sister was mostly, she's valedictorian of her high school. She's eight years older than me as well. Uh, she's studying the, she's coming up with the cure for discovering Alzheimer's and all these, so she's like a big deal. She's seriously a big deal. Wow. And I noticed that through high school, cause I, she was, she started in, uh, in the United States in high school. She would always study. She'll be like face buried in books just constantly studying, studying. The weekend would come, studying, studying. She'll come home from school and study and study. And she liked it though. She liked to learn it because in her head, she knew what she wants. She wanted to discover the cure for Alzheimer's at a very young age. And she knew how she, that she to get there, she had to be the best. She couldn't settle for second place in her school. She couldn't settle for second place in the university. So she was always valedictorian of her high school. She got in the hall of fame of, for all the, she's been to three different universities. She was hall of fame, student of the year, the, 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 what I have cannot compare to what she's done. Impossible. What she's done goes above and beyond everything I've been able to do. But I use her as an example for myself to follow. As if my sister's going to do this, and she was so, like, it was so, it's much more difficult for her to do than it was for me because of the language barrier, of more money, she couldn't, you know, t- tutoring was a big deal. So if she was able to do this all, with lack of funds, lack of a lot of things. What is to say I cannot make my dream come true? I have to, but I have to follow it First, a step. She was studying day and night. I would have to train day and night. I would have to get up and I would have to do things I wouldn't want to do. I've done crazy training modalities that I don't like. And I still do to this day because I need it to get to where I want to be in the future. So I have to sacrifice it on. Her. And that's something that my sister has just like, without noticing, she has just embedded in me. And I use it to be better every day. Um, Another person I think is obviously my, my instructor, Robert Young, my sensei. Um, as a, I, He took me at a young age I, and he did everything possible to make me the champion that I am today. He guided me in the right direction. He always humbled me when I needed to be humbled because growing up as a kid, yeah, at a certain age, you know, you start getting a big head. He'll make sure to pop my ego, bring me down to earth, reset <laughs> me all over again. So I never had a chance to like uh, grow an ego, it was sure to say, because he would always just pop it, bring me right down. He would never let me think that I'm better than anyone. And even if it was just to psych myself up, I have to believe I'm better than someone who just be like, Hey, you know, don't compare yourself to other people. This is your journey. And that there, you know, so he would be able to bring me down. He was able to make me live off of karate by guiding me in a certain direction to go to certain events, to make money, to make the funds, to help my family, to be able to travel. So he, he was the, he's the mastermind behind my ticket to the Olympics. Definitely. hundred percent. Okay. Now,
0: um, South Florida is not what you think of as a hotbed for karate. Um, did it, was it difficult for you to continue to grow in the sport? Did you have trouble finding competitors? You understand where I'm going with this is how Mm -hmm. hard was it being from South Florida where karate is not a big deal for you to grow?
1: okay so now the thing is it breaks up into a, it's like a, opening a can of worms because karate and martial arts are you know, two different things right mm-hmm. but there's a martial arts world that combine taekwondo karate jujitsu, jitsu all these martial arts and there's a different there are different competitions right what i'm doing is wkf karate which is organized with olympics so those events wkf events are very very small you can very rarely find but the other events are called NASCA events. They're open circuit events. They have a lot of them all over Florida. A lot, a lot of them. Okay. So many, but it, it's martial arts. People are doing backflips and who knows what. So it's not necessarily karate. It can be a mix of martial arts, gymnastics, capoeira, a bunch of things, right? And I dove into those events in order to compete more, in okay. order to face other people. So I, I dove in the world of open karate, open circuit martial arts and traditional martial arts, which is the WKF. And I was one of the few people, I believe, because to this day that was able to succeed in both. I became a a champion in the NASCAR world and a champion in the WKF world. I was able to do both. I was constantly competing and I felt like that competing aspect helped me grow a lot more because constantly competing is constantly trying to refine yourself Yeah. constantly trying to improve you have a goal to say i'm going to go to this competition i'm going to win i'm going to go this one i need to win i need to win this event to make the money so i can help my family i need to go to this one to make money to help my family i need to go to this one to make money so that i can live and i can travel and go to the olympics so it became like this now it wasn't hard for me because i was able to my my sensei was able to find this other path in order to guide me so this path had a, a Bunch of events I was able to go to, and it also gave me money that I can use to help my family and to travel to accumulate points for the Olympics. So, um, as a hobby for karate, it's true. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case for me because my sensei found a lot of alternatives to compete. I was competing every two weeks. I was in a different state in a different part of Florida, competing, trying to make money.
0: So, is it? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is it like if you're a basketball player and you want to be a great all-around guard? Um, Maybe you need to work on your ball handling, but just going to compete will help you work on your ball handling and your shooting and your defense and all these things. And it's the competition that's going to get you better. It may not be with your particular discipline, but it's going to help you by enhancing your whole game. Is that, is that a- so, uh, what,
1: what, what you said? I agree with not a hundred percent, but yes, because you go to the events and you notice in these events, when you compete, what you're lacking you notice what you're missing. The moment that you step on the court as a basketball player and the guy steals the ball from you X amount of times, you're like, bro, my ball handling sucks. Same as I go to the event and I'm doing my form and I'm like, wow, I feel really weak in this section. I need to improve it. I go home, basketball player, I have to start working on my handling because next week I have an event. Da, 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 da. I have to work on this section because next week I have an event and it sucks. So now we're both working on what we were bad at so then the next event we could be ready. Oh, next event happens. Wow. My ball handling was better, but it can be even better. Same mentality. You see, so now you, you have an event to strive for. You notice what you were lacking and then you can push now. It's difficult because you have to have that mentality because there are people that don't think like that. People go to the vet, they lose. And they're like, well, I lost. Let me blame it on the judges. Let me blame it on this. Let me blame it on that. My parents, the one time I blamed my, I, I blamed it on the judges. My dad hit me on top over the head and he said, you never blame the judges because you, the moment you blame the judges, it's like you're quitting because it's not your fault anymore. You did, you did everything right. You did everything perfect. You're the best. Just quit karate and do something else because you're the best It's the judge's fault because now you're going to use that excuse every time you lose. So he hit me one time over the head and he's like, nope, you train and you train and you train harder and you, you keep training harder because you are not perfect. You need to strive for perfection. You need to strive to be better. And tomorrow is a new day. Tomorrow you're going to wake up a different way. You always have to try to be better. So that being said, my dad basically embedded this idea in my head that don't believe it on the judges, even if it's their fault, forget about it. What did you do? What did you do wrong? And if you didn't do anything wrong by some miracle, what can you do better? Because you can always do better. And if someone tells you you cannot do better, that's another problem. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Now,
0: there's a lot of people who were devastated when the 2020 Olympics were postponed a year. But just talking to you for these few minutes now, I'm guessing that you looked at that as an opportunity to get better. That one more year of training helped you better prepare, first of all, to
1: make the team. And second, maybe to do uh, to get a medal in the games. So I, I believe, and I get goosebumps when I say this, if it wasn't for the postponement of the of the Olympic Games, I would not have qualified. Because I see myself now and I see myself exactly a year ago. And my mentality was not the same. My maturity as an athlete was not the same. It was too, so to speak, it was too immature as an athlete. You know, it wasn't, that that mentality wasn't there. The work ethic was there, but you need to be smart on how you work. You need to know how you do. You need, there's so many attributes that I was missing as a professional that I got and I learned during the whole year of, of the pandemic. And so thankfully for me, the pandemic was something that I was able to um, grow upon. I was able to become a better person. I was able to improve as a karate athlete. I was just able to overall focus on myself and not those around me because due to the pandemic um, I couldn't be around people. Right. right. So sometimes you have people that, want you to do good, or they try to blow your, your head up and, you know, make you think you're the best example, things like that. It's like, I always try to be like, I always need to work. People be like, Hey, uh, you're fine. You're fine. That's okay. Don't worry about it. And separating myself from a, uh, and everyone and just myself and my training partner and my instructor helped me clear my head and just be like, I'm in my own space, I'm going to improve, I'm going to be a better person every day I wake up, I'm going to try to do something great for humanity somehow, some way, some, you know, just be a better person and become more professional. And I feel like in that year, I was able to become professional and I was able to improve a lot. And it was shown in these events that previously came up right now. And I was able to qualify as the number one in the Paris Olympic qualifier, which I didn't expect until I was there. I noticed that my level was night and day, and this mentality I have just, I competed last week in Paris, qualifying for the Olympics. And today's Monday. It's been eight days, nine days since I competed and qualified for the Olympics. And I feel today 10 times better than what I felt on that qualifying day. I felt like I improved because I left that behind. Yes, I qualified. Tomorrow's a new day. I need to be better. I need to be better. Um, if anything, that that competition gave me more motivation to improve um, and, and be grateful that what I'm doing is, going in the right direction. So I have to be a better person. Keep trying to be better than I am, not only as a karate athlete, because at the end of the day, if, we don't, if I don't have karate, we're all human. And we need to treat each other properly. We need to treat each other with respect that we all deserve, you know, just being alive here on earth. And I know it's getting a little bit off, 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 you know, off the rails, but that's as, a, as an athlete, as a karateka a practitioner, it's more about character and more than anything. It's not just the sport, you know, it's what karate gives you as a person. And what you're able to pass on to the future generations. And I want them to know that what happens when you don't have sport anymore? You have a medal. But something that will last forever is your character. How you treat people. And how you use that for the rest of your life. And that's what I feel like. I was That that it changes you. Um, you appreciate your trainings more. You appreciate your, your instructor more. Your family. Your friends. Everyone around you. You appreciate them more. You treat them differently. In a good way, obviously
0: and I, I want to get back to that I do have one other question mm-hmm. about, about the sport itself and obviously it's not just one discipline within the sport what's the best part of your i don't want to, i know it's not called your game but what's the best part of of your okay I'll call it that what's the best part of your game in karate what, what do you do best
1: mm, like I'm a, of my performance right like what yeah. do I do the best in my performance because you know basically i'm just punching and kicking air as hard as i can. You know, at a certain rhythm, at a certain speed, right? So are you asking me what's my best part of my performance? Yes. Ah, ah okay, okay. So I believe it's, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. So one, I feel like I'm fighting someone. I'm, I'm, I put myself in a trance and I'm focused and there's someone in front of me. I'm picturing blocking their hand, going through striking, blocking, you know, defending, um, because it's a set pattern already. So you have to memorize this pattern and it's set you can't change it or you can get disqualified. So, and I live this pattern. I live it because I've practiced this so much. And there's something about striving for perfection every day that once you empty your mind and you let it go, your body gives you this feedback like, oh, that felt good. I, I know I nailed that, that, that part of my form. I know I nailed it. And you use that to keep that momentum going for the rest of the form, the pattern, the kata. And I feel like my emotion from all my experiences, all my obstacles, uh, everything that I've ever gone through, I feel like somehow they, they fuel the fire of my pattern and they're able to give life to my pattern. Meaning, emotion, that I'm doing this to live. I'm doing this for the rest of my life. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for everyone that supported me. And I feel like, the emotion you're able to feel it, you're able to feel energy because energy is real. Energy is around us all the time; it's proven. So I feel like I'm able to give off this energy. Like, whoa, this dude wants to win. The power, the the everything is just exhilarating. We feel it. We feel your emotions, and we want you to win. And that's what I like to give off. And I feel like that's something I've been able to portray relatively well lately. Now you talked about you know
0: your long-term goals you want to teach the the next generation of 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 people who participate in this sport what about your personal goals you said at this point there the karate is not going to be in the 2024 olympics we don't know beyond that what are your goals in the sport and then we'll and then we'll get out after that i'll follow up with what are your goals
1: Mm -hmm. outside of the sport Mm, okay so originally i wanted to retire after the olympics because that's it that's the biggest event ever for karate in the history of the world ever done my mom told me a lot don't think like that don't think about retiring until you're older you're 23 years old you're very young and i'm like mom you don't understand um (laughs) i've trained so hard so many hours a day like i want to be done i want to be finished and this was the this was mentality before covid uh pandemic right this is my mentality i just want to get there and retire uh, my mom told me you cannot, I, I lost a very important event before the, the whole pandemic happened, literally like two months before the event happened. I lost a very important event. My mom's like, you, you cannot think like that. You cannot think about retiring. The moment you think about retiring, it's like you have this this end. You have this end and, and, and everything leading up to the end won't be the same push because you know that once you get there, you're done. So she's just like, don't think about an end. Think about a future. Think about, You keep pushing until you make one of your biggest dreams come true. The first ever dream you had, what was it? And I'm like becoming world champion. Don't stop until you become world champion. Even if it doesn't happen, don't stop until you become world champion. That's something that happens after the Olympics. That's something that happens way, because it's it's of the timeline, happens way after the Olympics for me. And you might win, you might lose. So then keep going until you win it. It might take 10 years, but now you have something that it was your first dream. Achieve it. You can retire after that. And that's a hard one. That's harder than anything. So then I was like, Oh, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. You know what? I won't retire. I'm going to miss out on so many things. If I do retire. Okay. I'm going to stay in karate. I'm going to make, I'm going to qualify for the Olympics. God willing. I'm going to go to the Olympics. I'm hopefully going to get a medal. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be on the United States team again. I'm going to become national champion. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to keep traveling. I'm going to set up everything so that, in less than ten years' time, I'll be world champion. So that I, I created a plan in my head. I, I have to go here. I have to go here. I have to train here. I have to do this. I have to do that. So that at least in ten years, I can become world champion. And if I do that, my dream—my first ever dream—has come true. And I I can retire peacefully. My mom can be know like, okay, he followed his. He completed his first dream. Okay, done. So that that right now, is, my goal is just to become world champion after Olympics. Take, that's going to take a while.
0: All right. You're only 23. I know yes. you, you say you, you you feel old. You've been doing this for a long time, <laughs> but I, I let all of my guests answer this question. So w- you can interpret it however you want. I ask, mm-hmm. what is your legacy? So at only age 23, maybe you don't have a legacy yet. So if you want to answer it with what you want your legacy to be, you can do that. So I'll ask you the question and you can answer it in whatever form you want. What is your legacy?
1: You know, I, I, I remember when you sent me the, the script and I read it and I read this. I, I specifically saw this. What is your legacy? And I said to myself, let me think. That's a good question. And I couldn't think of something exactly of what I want because I've never, you know, had to think about it. It's never come up to it. But when the day comes, I just want everyone to remember me as someone that was able to make all the impossible things happen. I want people to know that with hard work and with the support of your family, you can do anything. You know, as long as you're not alone and you have the support of people that love you, you know, you can make anything happen because you're not doing it for yourself anymore. You're doing it for those around you. So even when, when you want to give up, you cannot because you can't let those people that were supporting you down. So that will, that's what carries me up. So I want people to remember me. I want people to know my legacy of never giving up, doing things for others, not for myself. I don't want to be seen as someone selfish because I do this for me, but I do this for my family, for my friends, for everyone in my neighborhood that supported me, everyone in my neighborhood has sacrificed a lot for me as well. And I want to do this for them, for my family and for everyone around me. And I want them all to know that as long as you have a nice support group of people that love you, care for you, you can make anything happen.
0: And that's Ariel. That's a great, a great answer. And I'll tell you what, I, I always enjoy the Olympics. The first this is going to make me feel. It's going to make you feel young when I tell you the first Olympics that I remember watching were 1968. Um, <laughs> and, and so I've been around for a while, and I always look forward to the Olympics. And there's certain events that I look forward to: track and field. I love watching track and oh, field. Me too. You know, I obviously like watching basketball. There's a new another debut sport called com- competition climbing, and this week we yep. have a guest. Uh, a journalist who's covering that, and I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm now looking forward to watching karate. I feel like I've got yes. a vested interest. I feel like I've got somebody to root for, and I have enjoyed this this time with you very much. I wish you the best, not only in Tokyo, uh, but just in, in in your future. I hope that one day uh, the World Championships of karate come to Kansas City, so I can cheer for you in person uh but i I look forward to it and i appreciate you being
1: with us very much thank you so much we really appreciate it it's a pleasure and god bless
0: thanks for listening to sports connections with david smail make sure to subscribe follow and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform you can learn more about david Smale and his work by visiting davidsmailbooks.com don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes until next time